Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Beanbag Cafe podcast. I am your host, Julie Fernandes, and my usual spiel is that I'm an OT, I'm a parent, uh, I'm all those things, and I'm also a chronic overdoer, hyperproductive slash organized person, and it's costing me. And so in today's episode, I want to talk about my best kept secret slash secrets. There's some bonus ones in there for you uh, that I have never really done before and that are truly life-changing for the life that I want to live here on out. So if that interests you, make sure you keep listening. So as we jump in to this episode, as I said, uh, I'm the queen of overdoing and I'm on a quest to simplify my life. And I've spoken a lot about this. If you've followed me for a little while or you know me personally, um, I kind of got into minimalism, uh, especially kind of out of necessity, really, because uh, I was living in a very small apartment with a lot of people and that list was rapidly growing. And with every person comes, you know, that much more stuff. And there's just so much entering your home, especially with children. My gosh, it's like uh, everything at school. It's wonderful. People are so generous, but there's like little goodie bags coming in and extra pencils and, uh, just like some of it's, some of it's great. And some of it is like, J U N K. sorry to say, but sometimes it is stuff that, you know, we wouldn't normally buy for ourselves. And so it's hard to keep tabs and all that stuff. And I was getting ultra overwhelmed had started as soon as my first baby was born. Uh, So we had that kind of phase of Julie and just kind of keeping everything clean and simplifying and overdoing it in some ways. And it was coming at the cost of kind of my mental health. And so I wanted to talk to you today, especially if you're a busy mom or just a busy person, but especially when you've got kids and you just don't have that control over your time like you used to, you've got to get smart. Really, you have to really get smart about as smart and intentional about how you spend your time. And so these are some of the things that I have been doing that I hope will help you. Trust me, it's taken me a long time to learn these things. Three kids and, you know, I'm still learning a ton of things. And she's even still, my baby is teaching me stuff, even by the fact that she doesn't sleep, you know, through the night. We're, we're working on it, but it has, it has definitely helped me in certain ways. So here's why I wanted to do this, why I'm on this quest, right? I, I want to feel my best. Like selfishly, I want to feel my best. Um, I want to have lots of energy. I want to feel revitalized when I wake up in the morning and well rested. And, you know, that's not always easy with three children, especially a baby. Uh, I want to just feel calm. I don't want to feel anxious. You know, when I feel overwhelmed, or when I've made a decision that I'm unsure about, or perhaps I know deep down is not the right decision, I feel anxious and I start to worry and I feel overwhelmed and tiny things uh, will set me off, you know, and I wouldn't even say that I have quote unquote anxiety, you know, as like some people would say, I have diabetes or something. It's not even like that. I think I've definitely gone through periods of life like that, but I don't want to slash I don't identify as an anxious person, but things do tend to bubble up. And I notice when things are getting too much where I start to lose focus. And I've even thought to myself, hmm, like, do I have ADHD? Side note, as I talk about ADHD and shifting focus, but can you hear the thunder? Holy moly. It's been thundering all day. It's very atmospheric. It's, it's actually great for what I want to talk about today. 
Anyway, so there have been times where I've just felt like I can't, you know, I can't finish a task. I'm kind of dotting around everywhere. I'm like hyper. And then I know that I'm not taking good care of myself. I'm not getting the basics in, you know, the sleep, the food, the just quietness. Uh, and it can happen so easily when you have sort of a busy, full life, which, hey, was intentionally planned, but I don't think I really appreciated what that truly meant. So I know also that I can be a more patient parent and person and spouse and friend and all of those things when I have met these basics. I mean, I mean, that's, you know, that's not anything rocket science, right? That's basic stuff. You obviously can give more of yourself when you have something to give. And when you're a mom, that is obviously, not obviously, that is often exhausted very quickly and your patient power is, you know, decreased so rapidly and then you you lash out or you, you raise your voice or you do something that you're not proud of and then you beat yourself up, you know, uh, abst- you abstractly whip yourself <laughs> uh, and feel guilty about being that kind of mom or the mom that you don't want to be or the, you know, the mom that you swore you would never be like or, and, and that doesn't help anybody either, you know. So if you do find yourself parenting in a way that you don't want to be, you know, there's no point sitting in the past, dwelling in the past and kind of beating yourself up for it. Uh, you just have to identify something, one thing that you can do that might help you be better prepared for next time, that might help you just pause in that moment where you're about to explode and be like, hey, I'm going to reel this in. This is not really about whatever this child did, because at least that it has, that has been that way for me. Uh, it is about what I'm feeling in the moment. It's me needing to get my emotions out there because I haven't had an outlet for them all day or all week or all month or ever. Um, and how, how can I change this? You know, it's interesting going through this process and I'll explain some of the things that I've been doing. I have had more outbursts than I, than in a long time, it feels like I've got to the point where, you know, something will set me off. Like, I've had a busy, hectic, tiring day and I haven't gotten enough sleep. And then a real true story, one of my children walks into my house with her muddy shoes all over the carpet and the floor and I just kind of lose my mind. Uh, or my husband's going away and he, you know, he, got, he does go away a couple of times a month. He'll go away either for work. This particular time that he was leaving was for for leisure and that kind of stung a little bit harder and even though he's not going for long I mean usually max two three days um I don't know I get all worked up in my head and so that's another reason why I really am focusing on these things so that when parenting is all encompassing which for me it is when he is away and there's no one else except me keeping everybody kind of alive um that's all I can really do is focus on parenting. I don't have any bandwidth for anything else. And forgiving myself for that is really, really important, which leads me to my next point, which is embracing the stay-at-home mom phase of life. Now, I recognize how fortunate I am that I am in a position to choose this. I don't know if I will always be a you know, full-time stay-at-home mom where I'm not like working outside of the home. Um, I hope I never really have to work outside of my home I don't know. I hope I'm never forced to. Rather, let's just let's just say that. Um, but choose to, and you know, I definitely want to do an episode of "You're Not Just a Mom," <laughs> something like that. So, if you're interested in that, let me know, because um, that's something I've also struggled with. The oh, you're just a mom, or where do you work? No, I'm I'm staying at home with my kids, and this like the slight like shame around that, like that's BS. We got to stop that. Anyway. Um, 
So I am embracing the stay-at-home mom period and I am giving myself, I mean, we'll see how much how much time I can give myself, but let's just say until Neve is two or three, going to school. And I would say going to school consistently. So like a full full time, having some kind of care full time where she is out the house. And that will realistically only be when she's like three and a half, maybe. Um, I'm sure we'll try out some kind of school setup before that. I wouldn't, I wouldn't just put her straight into like full-time school without any experience of school. Um, but here where we are now, our kids have at, at the same age, they would go to school, you know, a full day and it's quite long. So anyway, but it is something that would definitely lend itself to a working type of parent or someone who's doing something other than full-time caring for a child. But I've had to really embrace this and I am a stubborn person and I want to do everything. And I know, I know, like I say, I live by this quote, but I don't. I intellectually know this quote, which is, you can do everything, but not all at once. And at the once right now is me looking, me staying at home, keeping everybody alive, primarily looking after this baby who needs me the most. Uh, and whilst she is the sweetest little thing, you know, she's demanding in different ways than the bigger ones, obviously. Um, and one of that is she's demanding in terms of sleeping. She, we are working on getting the naps a little more situated. She still wakes me up at night, usually twice at night. Um, and she went through such a good patch of not, not waking up, but it's actually been really important. I think this is, you know, I really do believe everything happens for a reason, even babies that wake you up in the middle of the night, because it has forced me to really reevaluate a few things. Uh, so yeah, the other reason that I've really wanting to slow down and embrace this time and not overload myself with YouTube videos, uh, social media, you'll see like I'm, a, I'm quite quiet on those platforms uh, right now. And it's sad, you know, like you have to make choices in life and I would love to be making more YouTube videos, but it stole my sanity. <laughs> and, you know, I'm not saying that I wouldn't go back to it. My channel still exists. You can still go watch my videos, um, which I would love you to do. But right now I just had to take a break. And we'll see how long that break is. We'll see how it goes. Um, maybe that'll coincide with Neve getting a little older. Uh, but the problem is that when we overload ourselves, that little voice inside our head. So I think a lot of people overload themselves so they can't hear the voice. But you need to hear the voice because the voice is your guidance. The voice is your compass. That quiet voice is your intuition. And I feel like for many years, I have drowned that out. Like sometimes I get grips of it and I'll be like, this feels right. This is the right thing to do. But often I'm not really giving myself any quiet time to just be. And that's very hard for me. Let me know if you relate to that because I am programmed to do like crazy. And I've programmed myself, or I don't know, however that's happened, it doesn't really matter. There's no blame in here. Uh, and, you know, on the outside, it might seem like I get things done. Um, but if it's at the cost of your own happiness, or just peace of mind, uh, or it's at the cost of you now being more aggressive or shouty towards your children, then it's not worth it, right? It's really not worth it. So I, you know, I want to get in touch with my self more before things change and like my kids grow up and they leave and they do their own thing you know because things will change and I will get more of my own time back and then I want to figure out within that voice like what what am I here to do and how does that look and how can that fit in with my family and you know fit in with my values um 
And if you want me to talk about values and how to find them and what they are and all this kind of stuff, let me know. I would just say right now at the moment in life, and I do think values can change, my highest value is freedom, which is ironic considering I have three small children, which are kind of like anchors, right? They are like weights that pull you down in a way, you know, like sent like sent to you. Although I do, I would definitely be up for like moving them around and stuff, but that's a conversation for another day. So, so that's basically what I'm trying to say is these are the reasons why I want to stay simple, stay quiet, reduce how much I'm doing uh, so that I can get more in touch with myself, but also just find myself a bit more, if that's a thing. Um, so let's talk about some of the things that I have done that I've actually found to be really helpful. And I'm really still in the middle of this. So things will probably change. And I try out a lot of new things. I like change. Um, you know, I was thinking about this. We have a Peloton bike and Back when we first moved to Texas and Neve was really small and it was really hot, I used to Peloton a lot. And now I've been walking outside. So I'll take her for a walk or I'll go for a walk in the evening because the days are getting uh, longer and there's still like sunlight until like eight o'clock. So I can walk from like seven to eight. We put the kids to bed and I can walk. Um, or we were going in the morning. Uh and so I've been wanting to get outside, but as it gets hotter and hotter and like the mosquitoes are like my arch nemesis, I might go back to working out on my Peloton. And like part of me is like, oh, is it even worth having this thing here? You know, we're not really using it. To be fair, I didn't get it. It's more Ryan's than mine. So I was just using it. And obviously the more people that use it, the, you know, the better value for money, I guess you're getting. Um, but I like change is my point. I'm like, no, I don't, it's, it's okay. Things will change. And I'll want to do some yoga classes there. And I love the weight classes on there. And I have like a bunch of heavy weights and all this kind of stuff. So, but at the moment I'm really into a walking, a walking phase. Um, so we'll see how long that lasts. But and that is definitely one of my changes. But I have a list here that I want to make sure that I touch on. Um, so there's just been, there's been a few things. It's funny. I wrote this list out and it's like, so it seems like kind of a lot. Uh, and, and when I start to set myself goals and I put too many things down, it seems very overwhelming. But please understand that this has been going on for months. Um, so this is something that I implement. You know, I implement something new and I'm not even like very prescriptive about it every week or two weeks. Um, because if I start giving myself too hard rules, I will immediately uh, rebel against them. Let me know if that ever happens to you. Like if I say to myself, okay, you're not allowed to eat chocolate for a whole week. All I'm going to want to do is eat chocolate and I'm going to give in. And then I'm going to feel bad that I gave in and blah, blah, blah. You know how the story goes. So one of the things, a key thing whew, that I've recognized, and I've only done this recently, but it's made a massive difference, is social media addiction. Now, I don't know if other people would think that, but I feel like it was such a habit for me to check specifically Instagram. Facebook, I'm not as kind of uh, drawn to. I do like watching YouTube videos. I mean, I made YouTube videos. I like watching them, but there's only really a few people on there that I like really like. Um, but Instagram, Instagram is my crutch and not even going down the rabbit hole, I would just go and check it many times a day. And then you kind of get stuck into other people's lives. And I think what was happening is it was seeping into my subconscious and making me feel horrible about myself. So like, even if I wasn't consciously comparing myself to other people, um, I was still, it was still happening on a subconscious level, even to the point of, Hey, Julie, you know, like you have a coaching business, you should be posting more on social media. Why aren't you doing that? You're a bad person, you know, stuff like that. So I actually deleted the Instagram app, which is easier to do than you think. Um, because I had already hidden it in my phone and I knew exactly where to find it. And I would just use the search button and 
you know, the, when you get to the point where your fingers automatically know where things are, you it's, it's bad <laughs> for me. That's like a litmus test of like, Oh yeah, you've probably, you're probably too addicted to this app. Um, and that was really, that was why I was picking up the phone like a thousand times a day. Um, and I hate that. I hate that. I don't want to be controlled by an app and you know what? So I resisted also deleting it for a very long time. Now I haven't deleted my actual account. Um, and obviously I use it to post about my podcast and I like to, there are a few people that I like to follow and keep up with, um, and that I genuinely enjoy like listening to their Instagram stories or whatever, but they're not that many, maybe like five. Um, and I do like seeing when people post their new babies and things like that for sure, because Instagram's kind of become, you know, the Facebook and Facebook was like the, what do they call them? Why can't I remember this word? The ads, you know, uh, the classifieds, that's what I want to say. Um, and so now this is how we kind of exchange information about important life events is through social media. So it's not like I'm a complete like hermit under a rock, but I do need to rein it in and it's good just to break the habit every now and again. So I deleted Instagram. I deleted the app, which means that you have to like re-log in in order to bring it back, but it, it still exists out there. Um, and in the beginning, it was actually a little bit hard and I was like, I, I found myself wanting to check Instagram and after a while it was, I freed up so much time, like so much mental time, um, you know, checking, you, you end up checking Instagram all the time, like in the car or with your kids or before bed, all of these things. And it really, really helped to delete it and just, uh, gain, you know, uh, gain back a bit more control because it is designed to be addictive and it is so delicious to watch Instagram sometimes. And then I kind of said to myself, you can check it once a day. So I can like, if I want to, and if I want to go to the, the schlep of doing this, I can reinstall the app, check it, and then I have to delete it again. But I don't set these very hard rules for myself because as I said, I will then rebel against myself and then I feel guilty about that. So I have to make things so easy. And that is really a big part of just change in general is your body is going to resist or your mind will resist things that it doesn't want to do. Like say you want to start drinking more water, you really have to make it easy. And they, you know, they've done so many studies on this. There's a lot of books about this. My favorite one on habits is Atomic Habits by James Clear. Also sign up to his newsletter if you haven't. It's great and it's quick and short and like has gems in there of like wisdom um, from him and from other people that he's kind of curated throughout the week. You have to make it so easy. Like with water, if you wanted to drink more water, you have like a beautiful water bottle or like I like drinking water out of a straw in a glass. I seem to drink more water that way than out of a water bottle that I can't see the water. Um, and also water bottles get like stinky. Like I want my glass to smell good when I drink out of it. But you could literally just have like, I'm just going to drink a cup of water more than I usually do. Like that is how simple it is or flavor it, whatever you need to do. So that's what I did. I deleted social media and that really helped. And then I started reading more on my Kindle. And I also, um, I, I've been given a book by my mom. Shout out to my mom. She gave me this book, American Dirt. And I read the first chapter and I was like, Ooh, this is heavy. Cause it is, it starts off really heavy. If you've read the book, you'll understand. It's about like the Mexican mafia gangs, uh, the cartels. It's, it's intense. But then I was like, you know what, I'm going to give this another shot. And one of the tips that I'd picked up is I like to do this, at least not everybody does, but, um, is to listen to a book and to read a book. Cause again, if you want to start reading and this book is very, uh, intense or, you know, there's tiny, tiny writing and it's a big book, your brain might be like, yeah, no, I can't read that. I don't have time for that. But if you listen to the audio version of it and you can actually do it, I think, uh, when you, if you purchase a book, um, 
through Kindle, you can pay to have, you can pay an extra few dollars and have it, uh, get the audio version as well. And then you, then it'll keep your place. But I actually did it through, I had the physical copy of the book, so I wasn't going to go and buy it again. And then I borrowed the audio version from the library. So I guess to back up is I joined the Austin local library, which I have been a member of the New York library and the Brooklyn library before. So it's super easy to join your local library. And I mean, the resources that you have at your fingertips are incredible and it's free, which is amazing. Um, and I love libraries. Even just going to the library and getting books for my kids was like a thrill. So I did that. And so now I had access and I, so I had joined the library, I mean, a month or two ago, and then I hadn't signed on to the library app. If you're in the States, it's called Libby, I guess like library, you know, um, it always makes me think of the Statue of Liberty. If you know, you know, um, but because of that, I could, and American Dirt is kind of old now. Apparently it came out in like 2020. So I was able to get the audio version of it. So I was able to listen to it and then I would just find my spot. I knew that I would stop at like the end of a chapter. So then I'd go find the chapter in my written book. And I was so addicted to this book once I started. I mean, I read this thing. It's quite a big book. Oh, it's probably say it's like 400 pages or so and tiny, tiny writing. I mean, I read it in like two days. Um, and I would listen to it in the car when I was driving, if I could. And then, um, and, and I would walk as well. So I would like pair up those two habits. And then I would also read it physically. And I like, I mean, we went to, it was Easter that I was reading this and we got invited to like a Easter Sunday, um, dinner with our neighbors or whatever. And, um, I just didn't want to go cause I just wanted to read the book. You know, when you find a book that's so amazing, like so delicious, it's like what I, you just can't, you're so addicted to it. So I guess I exchange one addiction for another, but I'm like happier to exchange this addiction versus Instagram. Because then well, what, what I was finding was that every time I'd go back on Instagram, it was such a letdown. It like really, there were like, there's maybe one or two people that I really wanted to keep up with. But other than that, I was like, nah, this is boring. You know, I don't need this right now. I'm like not missing out is what I'm trying to say. So I was like affirming that in my mind. If you are looking for good books, by the way, I wrote down the list of the three books that I've read probably in the last like week. Um, the one was American Dirt. Highly recommend. It does make me nervous to travel to Mexico, South America, but I'm going to overcome that fear. The other one was The People We Meet on Vacation. I really enjoyed that. I believe the author is Emily Henry, perhaps. And then the other one was Anxious People, which I also really enjoyed. And I listened to that one. Um, and again, it made me get out and walk because I could walk for an hour and listen to this book. And, you know, like it was so enjoyable. Um, and that one is written by a man called Ova, Uva, Ove. I would read Ove, but I think it's Uva. Um, so if you like that book and I really enjoyed it, not, I might not be for everybody, but I really liked it. It was like a little bit of a murder mystery type of thing without the murder. Um, but I thought it was really good and it was really enjoyable to listen to it. So whatever floats your boat in terms of consuming books, Kindles, physical books, like I always love a physical book, but I don't want to dispose of them afterwards or give them away necessarily or like have a place to store them so a kindle book is really great and if i can find books from the library um better if i can get them immediately but if not i put myself on like a waiting list and then they come through uh it's just amazing um so i guzzled those books up so uh the next one that i want to read i think this the next one i have ready to read is called the kiss quotient and the other one after that is called the love hypothesis and I've heard the love hypothesis is amazing so um I'm very excited to read that too I don't know exactly what they are but that was one thing social media getting that in control under control the next thing was uh we kind of paused late night tv 
viewing. So I want to say paused. I don't want to say I gave up watching TV because that's ridiculous. And there are some am amazing shows on TV. Um, and it is a time that we, that Ryan and I spend together. And it's really nice to find a show that we really both enjoy. So send me, uh, ideas for shows that you, you and your partner really liked, because that's often the trick, the, like the tricky part is like, I want to watch something that's more like light and more, maybe more stereotypically girly. And he's like, not as into it. Um, and he wants to watch like blood and guts and I don't want to watch that. So, um, Currently, we just started watching the next season of The Flight Attendant because we watched the first season, I don't know, a year ago, whatever, and we enjoyed it. It is a little bit out there, though, so uh, send, me, send me ones. Um, but anyway, we just watched that last night, and so I guess we haven't totally paused, but we paused, and we didn't watch TV for a long time, like several weeks. Ryan also went away. Um, he was working on stuff, and I typically don't watch TV without him, so it's a good habit because then if he's not there or he if he's not available to watch something, I'm not going to watch it. And whilst I love television, don't get me wrong, um, there's nothing better than a good show, just like a good book, I also recognize how it robs me of sleeping, and I need to sleep. And this is basically, I mean you can see where this is all going. Like I got back so much more time and so many more sleep conducive habits that it really helped me to go to bed a little bit earlier. And because Neve is still waking me up, I started to make this a priority because I've just always been that person that's like grinned and bared it. And like, to be fair, I was working in a job and I would not just be able to take a nap. Um, unfortunately, um, I wish if I ever own a company where I hire moms, I'm going to put in a nap time as part of their job so that you can take, if you want to, you can sleep because it is the key strategy to doing more is rest. And you know, my mentor and my coach, Lisa Carpenter often speaks about this, uh, that rest is like a key strategy. Like athletes use this. They have to take days off when they're working hard in the gym or like on the field or the track or whatever they're doing. And it's the same for moms because we are working really hard. And often we are literally, I mean, even if you're not getting woken up at night, having a bit of extra sleep, as long as it's not interrupting your nighttime sleep, which for me, it never does. Cause I'm so tired. I will sleep anyway, anywhere. Um, but pausing television at night. There will be plenty of time for me to watch all of these shows. They will be around forever. I can always get them. And if I don't get them, it's okay. I will see the ones I meant to see. Um, reading more so that you get sleepy because sleeping and reading at night makes you tired. At least for me, it makes me much more likely to sleep. Plus I'm walking. So I'm like physically doing a lot more. And you know, my goal is to get 12,000 steps a day. And now I'm also like, I have a bit of this OCD personality, right? This com com uh, competitive personality slash a little bit compulsive, I guess, but like I have an Apple watch, uh, which I recently, re recently got, um, I resisted for a long time, but it doesn't really matter. You don't have to get an Apple watch, but it is, it is kind of amazing, life-changing. Um, but anything that kind of tracks your speed, the thing about the Apple watch is it has those magical rings. And if you have an Apple watch, you will know this. And I want them to like buzz on my hand and tell me that I've completed my rings and they all do like a little firework on my watch. And it's a great, it's, the silliest little thing. And I love it so much. Um, and I've kept up this habit of walking. And that also makes me tired because my muscles get tired because when you're living a more suburban life, like I am now versus New York, like I wish I'd had that damn pedometer before, because I would have clocked up probably like 20,000 steps regularly without even trying. Um, now I have to really work at it, you know? So I'm like, Oh, if I walk around the shops or if I park my car further away, I can walk further. Or, you know, the other night I didn't get enough steps in because Ryan was away and I didn't have time to like go out into the world and get my steps in because I had the kids and stuff. I was walking around my house at 11 PM, getting these steps, going up and down the stairs, 
I, all I wanted to do was go to bed. And that was maybe a little bit of a stretch. Maybe I should have just gone to bed, uh, but I really wanted to close my rings. If you know, you know. So anyway, so those kind of things have, have made me, made sleeping more attractive. Like it's just easier for me to go to sleep because I'm naturally a lot more tired. The sleep pressure is turned up. Uh, and the, the other thing I've been doing is that when my baby sleeps, when she naps and she usually, she'll at least take one nap, I would say, um, that's when I try nap, which, you know, part old me is like, well, you know, you should be doing this and you should be doing this and you should be cleaning. You should be doing the laundry and you should be podcasting. You should be, uh, sending emails and you're, but if I am not like, in a good state of mind, what is all of that? What is all of that? I need to be happy and content and peaceful so that I can run my family home in the best way possible and give of myself more. And it's just a radical shift to how I have always operated. So it's been totally life-changing. So taking a nap whenever you can, highly recommend. Actually, I don't recommend. I freaking prescribe it. (laughs) And the other thing that I've been doing, I've got so many things, this episode is getting so long is I've been meal planning, not even meal prepping. Because again, you start a habit. Meal prepping sounds like too much work. Meal prepping to me sounds like boiling sweet potato. I don't even like sweet potato. Um, and, you know, prepping a million pieces of chicken or, uh, you know, chopping up all the vegetables and they're all going to go bad because they've been chopped up too early. So I, I can't do that right now. I do meal prep like occasionally or I freeze stuff that I could easily whip out. Um, but it's just the planning. So like we have you know, probably five or six meals that I do on rotation. And let me tell you, they are super simple, like pasta and sauce. That's it with avocado on the side or gnocchi with pesto or tonight I'm going to do like pancakes and like some kind of like breakfast sausage style thing. So that's like a little bit more fancy. Um, but for the kids, like they're not going to eat these fancy meals. Um, and I don't need to eat like a full gourmet meal and I'm not, and I need something that can be made in like 15 minutes. And that's something that Ryan could make too. So I've been writing out my meals on a whiteboard, literally like a tiny little whiteboard, probably like the size of like an A4 piece of paper. Um, and it's one of the kids' whiteboards. I think I bought one for myself and they have each one, but something like that. Uh, and it's really, you know, nothing beautiful. It's nothing that pretty, but I just write with a marker that I can find that can, I can read and that will work. And then also I write start off Monday and I write till Sunday. And I also put in the things that we're doing. So like, uh, Mondays we might do swimming and theater's a Spanish class. And then Tuesdays ballet and golf or whatever it is. And Wednesday we have a free day. Thank you. We have a, finally, we have a free day, a free afternoon. So we don't have to drive somewhere. Um, and so I put that in or like we're going to get Lily's passport renewed at some point. So I put that in on the date just so that, you know, it's a top of mind because it is on a Google calendar that we have. Um, but it's just better to have it there. And that also might might influence what I cook for dinner because I might do something like a homemade pizza for the kids when we're going out for dinner versus um, on a night where we're all eating or something like that. So that has also been completely life changing. And then other little things that have started to happen. We've been doing a bit more date nights. I found another babysitter so that when my one babysitter can't do it, I have another one. Um, and we've booked these like uh, restaurants in advance and now these dates are like coming up. And so it's kind of nice to do something. Um, that means that leads to more like connecting with, with Ryan, like hanging out together. That's all I really want is like just to chat and like, you know, connect with each other. Um, as I said, I joined the library, which has been truly life-changing. And then something that I'm always striving for is to do less on the weekends, you know, one or two things, um, per day 
um, because it does get really busy with kids. And even this weekend, each child had a birthday party, but instead of all of us going, you know, also just, I don't want to assume that we're all invited, you know, that child went and I stayed at home so we can focus on nap time and all that kind of stuff. And putting those kids to bed, man, putting them to bed early, like 7 p.m., which I know is not possible for everybody. So whatever that 7 p.m. is for you, it's again, another life-changing thing. It just helps us all get enough sleep because my six-year-old will be up every morning, regardless of the day at 6.30 to come and tell me that he is hungry and he needs cereal. Okay. Well, now you can get your cereal yourself. So I've taught him how to do that. We've made the cereal accessible. He can reach for the milk in the fridge. Um, the cereal is on a lower shelf, so he doesn't have to climb up anywhere. He can get it himself, and I'm slowly training him so that he can go and do that. He's probably still going to wake us up at 6.30, but at least I don't have to get out of bed to go make him like his first breakfast, right? So anyway, so those are some of the things that I've been doing, and that best-kept secret if it wasn't obvious, is rest, is prioritizing sleep, is simplifying life and, um, you know, not making it too hard that you won't actually follow through with it, but making it a habit. And it's easy to get creep back into these other things that steal away your time. You know, the TV thing, it's designed to be addictive. You know, they got it right. It works. It is addictive. It is lovely and amazing. Um, but when I'm getting more consistent sleep, going to bed a little bit earlier so that when I do get woken up at 1 a.m. and 4 a.m. or 11 p.m. and 3 a.m., whatever schedule she decides to be on that night, I'm just a little more sane because the sleep deprivation really catches up, you know, and I've been really trying to focus on napping whenever I get the chance. And that is something I never did with my other kids. I never really slept when they did um, during the day. And part of that was also just working, but also had less kids. I had fewer children. So, you know, I just wasn't prioritizing that. I was, I was trying to do everything and maybe I needed to do that to realize it's a broken strategy. Maybe that's, you know, we all do the path we are supposed to. Um, but now I'm here to tell you, don't do what I did. Okay. Do what I'm doing now. <laughs> uh, yeah. So which strategy would you do? Let me know what is your, something that speaks to you the most or something that you feel like you really need to do right now that you've been resisting. Cause that's probably the one you should start with. Um, and if you need help setting intentions or minimizing habits or anything, please reach out, reach out to me on Instagram. I know I said I delete it, but I do check it very regularly at least once a day. So I'm not like completely you know, cured by any means, but it is a way that we communicate. So it is one of these things that's hard to sever completely. Um, I also have an email address in the show notes that you can send me an email on julie at juliefernandes.com. Super easy. Just my name. Um, if you want to talk more, uh, if you want to sign up for any kind of sessions with me, please let me know and, uh, please share the podcast. If it helps you, might help someone else. I would love for you to share and leave a review on your platform of choice. That would be awesome. And I can't wait to talk to you guys soon. Bye.